Hello and welcome back to Where Are All My Friends. As always, thank you so much for listening. The show has continued to grow and that is honestly all because of you. It is all because of word of mouth. It is all because of people telling their friends and sharing on social media and all that good stuff. So legitimately, thank you. This week's guest is Nick Newcomb, and it is a really cool one for me because he's kind of in an industry that I haven't really talked to. It's in entertainment and music, but it's just a profession that I haven't really talked to, which is awesome. I mean, what, we're 80 episodes into the podcast, something like that. So to have somebody new and in a different lane is dope. And he is in radio. He works at Apple Music and has a show with Apple Music called The Plug. From a very, very early age, he knew he wanted to be in radio. And him telling his story of the twists and turns that got him here was everything that I love in a podcast. It wasn't necessarily an easy route for him, but throughout all of it, he really had determination. Like He just kept going and worked really hard. So hearing him explain that so earnestly was really, really cool. I think a lot of people will relate, and I hope a lot of people will draw inspiration to keep chasing exactly what they love. But let's get into this episode. Here we go. Where are all my friends? Back again this week with Nick Newcomb. And I like to do an episode where I talk to people who are in industries or fields that I definitely know about, but not like deep, deep into it. And I feel like we've kind of just been casual friends and I've been seeing you do your thing and work. And as of lately, I feel like you've been on a whole nother level. So just on Instagram, I was like, yo, I think it's time. I think we need <laughs> yeah. to do a podcast. So I, uh, I'm excited to learn. I think there's a lot of your story that I don't know. And I'm really excited to hear about it. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate that, bro. Um, yeah, man. Been, been weird. I'm, we met at On The Rocks, right? Like, that's kind of how that happened. Yeah. Like, through that loose group yeah. of people. Like, shout out to Fish. Shout out to Maddie. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to all the homies up there. And, you know, that's just, that's a beautiful community of people up there, right? To just to kind of get to know. So I'm glad we were able to connect. Dude, and what's so funny about that is like, I am the opposite of nightlife guy. So the fact that right. we met through that right. is my favorite thing ever. Like, not yeah. that I'm like against it by any means, but I'm like naturally pretty reclusive. So I yeah. love that like our friendship came from there. It's so random. That's fire. Caught you on a random night up there. Yeah, actually. Okay. So massive shout outs to Fish for getting me out of the house. And uh, <laughs> God, I, I would kill for that now, though. Just Man. the idea of seeing friends and yeah. anything social. Mm. Yeah, I can't I can't wait to start throwing parties again, man. Like, like I think I mean, we're, we're like eight months into this shit now. But like, I guess like four or five months ago, I started fantasizing about the party I want to throw when we get back. And, you know, what I mean, like the new things I want to do. So I'm ready for it, too, man. Dude, I, yes, yes. Like being reclusive guy, I'm still just like, <laughs> I cannot yeah. wait. Yeah, you need I it every it once in a while, no matter what. I'll never be reclusive again. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> wait, so with that, with that, uh, the party you have in your head planned, yeah, yeah. do you like have a whole vibe? Like what's it all about? Oh, yeah, Tell man. Me. I, I mean, I, I don't, I can't give away the details of like okay, the name okay. and stuff like that. <laughs> But, you know, I, I like I like to be in the party where people are dancing. You know what I'm saying? I like to be in the party where people want to shake their ass to the music that's playing. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's, you know, I feel like most people want that in the party, but I want to take it like, you know, like I want to intentionally make that the vibe. You know what I mean? Whereas if like you're not dancing, like you're going to be uncomfortable and you're not going to want to be in this party. So like 
Yeah, you're not trying yeah. to have the cool people leaning up against the yeah. bar just doing their thing. You want everybody in it. Yeah, to the fact if you're standing up against the wall, you feel like the odd one out. So that's like the vibe I'm going to try to create slash curate when we get back outside. So, Dude, I, I love that. I'll come out for that. Yeah, for sure. That's a must. <laughs> so where I like to start things off is... I guess super briefly just telling people who you are and what you do if they're not familiar and then kind of going back to your early days of like finding your first interests. Bet, bet, bet. Um, yeah, so I'm a radio host, which is kind of weird to say. I'm a radio host and like radio producer, all the same, right? Um, music fan, you know what I mean? I, I co-host a show called The Plug Radio on Apple Music with my guy, Eddie. And, yep. um, you know, something we've been doing for the last couple months now. But um, yeah, yeah, I think I think that's who I am at this moment, you know, professionally, you know, what I mean, yeah, I yeah. think that says that well in a, in a simple form. And it's cool to see because like seeing the plug come out, it's on Apple and it just like it looks amazing. Like it's very real, very legit. So it's like, I don't know, it's one of those things where it's a level where you're like, yo, let's yeah. go. It's it's really cool to see. Thank you, man. Yeah, I think, um, you know, everybody does a great job to support the show and, you know, make it as cool as we possibly can and get, you know, the best guests that we possibly can on the show. And it's a team effort, you know, shout out to people like Zini, you know what I'm saying, who's on the on the team. Um, but yeah, bro, like, uh, I'm happy that we, you know, that we are able to do it no matter what. It's not under the ideal circumstances, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, because you got, you launched during COVID. Yeah, for sure, in September. Whoa, so it's probably going to get even crazier. Like, once everything passes and all that, you'll be able to do it on a much bigger level. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, like, ideally, we'd be in studio, like, you know what I mean? With, with guests coming through and artists coming through and stuff like that. So it's like that would just make it look better. You know what I'm saying? Like we get some high quality right. video and things like that. So yeah. No, that's awesome. Okay. So then take me back. Like, where did you grow up? What was early life? Did you always think you were going to do something in music or what did that look like? Yeah. Um, I'm from right outside of LA. I'm from like the IE. Um, oh, are you, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, shout out to Ontario, Pomona area, um, you know, Montclair. Yeah. I grew up, you know, pretty much across those three cities. And, um, yeah, bro, honestly, like I knew when I was like eight years old that I wanted to do radio, um, you know, and I was just like a really young kid. That's kind of just like what I, you know, it was dope to me, bro. Like I would listen to like big boy in the morning and then I would listen to, to rig D's, you know what I'm saying? And like, they were just having the most fun, you know what I'm saying? On the radio, like they were having, they were having like as much fun as I could possibly imagine at that point. I was just like naturally attracted to music. So ever since then, I already knew I wanted to do radio. And as I got older, I think um, I was just able to kind of better understand, you know, it's not just about being an on-air host, you know what I mean? So like my interest kind of developed and expanded, you know what I mean? Where I got to learn about doing different stuff. And so, um, yeah, man, I, I got I got taken on like a, like a wild journey um, when I was... I guess like right out of high school, I went to community college and started doing like radio broadcasting programs and stuff like that. And then after that, I got a job at a radio station. I got a job at Amp Radio in LA and I was doing like promo, like, you know what I mean? So I was like on the street team, you know what I mean? Which oh, turned out whoa. to be like, yeah, like such a valuable experience, not even a radio experience. It was more about like learning about just like marketing, you know what I'm saying? It was a marketing experience. And then you kind of learned that like, 
yeah, you're on the marketing, you're on the marketing team, but you know what you're doing connects to every single other piece of the radio station. You know, what I mean, everything was interconnected. So that was like an eye-opening experience there too. Um, and then I got fired from the radio station. No way. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. So, and I what? thought. <laughs> What happened? I was being, I was like, I was a shithead. You know, when you, I was like 20, 21 years old at that point. And um, yeah, I was just kind of a shithead. And, you know, you know, it's always better to like make friends. You know what I mean? You try to make as many friends as you possibly can. And, you know, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird thing. Like never kiss nobody's ass, I guess. You know, I guess is the story. But if you can make if you know. Was it, do you think that like, at a young age, you just got cocky. You're like, yo, like I did it. I'm at a radio station. And you were just nah. like a little too. No. Okay. I wasn't, I wasn't cocky. I mean, I was just like, I'm an outgoing person, right? Like I'm like argumentative. I mean, I definitely get that. Yeah. Like oh, argumentative. I was going to say, like, you like, just seem very outgoing in general. I wouldn't say in a yeah, negative but, way. But yeah, I mean, I think I'm argumentative. I never mean like malice. You know what I mean? Like it's, there's never malice in my arguments. It's just like, arguments for the sake of like learning you know what i mean and conversation and stuff like that and i think being loud and getting into like heated debates and shit like that like that doesn't always rub people the right way yeah you, you were never like a pushover like if you had something to say or if you had your own opinion you would say it yeah yeah and it, yeah and I, I don't even think it was co- coming to like me being a pushover because like when people needed me to do work and shit like you know i do it like you know what i mean so it wasn't even that but it was just like i just think the way that i approached being in that environment, like that environment wasn't, wasn't like set up for like some young kid, you know what I'm saying? Who, who was like really loud to thrive, you know, which you would think like a radio station would be set up for just that. Yeah, like you feel I know. me? Like you would think. confused by that. I'm like, yeah. So, so it was a bit of a rude awakening, but I got fired and I was like, man, I'm never going to work in radio again, bro. Like it's just over. Like, you know what I'm saying? So what happened? So then what's, what's crazy is uh shout out to Sasha Hub. She was working at the radio station at the time. And she was in, she was in the digital department. The digital department at that time was like the blog department, you know, like they was doing other shit, but it was essentially like, uh, like we were the blog, right? So like written posts and like online content and shit like that. You know what I mean? And so. Um, what era? Like what year? It's like 2011, 2012. Okay. Yeah. So like the internet was relevant and important, but not yeah. like the main focus. Yeah. No, the, the internet was booming. Like, yeah, I mean like, but you know, there were, there, Radio stations are still a place where they're still very, like, analog. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's still very much just about, like, the terrestrial sound. And, you know, I think they try to push online content. And some people are successful. But she gave me a chance to write on the blog. Like, you know, like, she was like, yo, like, you should try to do, like, a new music series. And um, I was like, yeah, hell yeah. Like, why not? And so I got a chance. Before I got fired, I got a chance to write, like, two blogs. One of them was on Rita Ora. So it was like super duper early. Um, yeah, I'm recording right now. Um, it was it was on Rita Ora. It was super duper early. Like I said, like 2011, 2012. Like she, I don't know if she had a hit out at that point. I can't remember, but she was kind of bubbling, right? And the other person that I wrote on was like Janelle Monet, right? So it was like somebody else who was like super early in their career. And they had like a little bit of buzz. Like Janelle Monet was on that fun song. You remember that? Um, uh, no, which which song was that? We Are Young. What the fuck? Yeah. That was her? Yeah, she she got vocals on that. Like, oh, I think, yeah, oh like she got God. she got like writing credits on that or something like that. Yeah, like she was like 
that was kind of like one of her big breaks, like, you know what I'm saying? And so I didn't realize that I knew that yeah. name, but I didn't, I didn't put those two together. Yeah. It was super early for her. Like, it, it was and that's crazy. like when you were on it. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, like she's kind of raw, like, you know what I'm saying? Let's do, let's do some, you know, let me just write up these two blogs. And then I, I got to two and then I got fired. And then, but you know, luckily shout out to Sasha. I was like, well, shit, I'm kind of like a bit of a journalist now. Like, you feel me? I was like, I, I, I can write. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I always figured I was like a decent writer, but you know what I'm saying? It was like, oh shit, like I had uh, I had links to send to people. You know what I mean? If anybody yeah. asked me any questions, like, you know, I was like, all right, I'm gonna just pivot to writing because there ain't no fucking way that I'm ever gonna get another job in radio. Like, so. Oh, and were you like hype on it at that point? Were you like, yo, I could do this. I'm having fun. Or were you just kind of like, damn, like whatever, it'll it'll do. Um, I think I kind of saw it as like, you know, one door closes, like another one opens, you know what I mean? And I was just like, yeah, I'm about to like, I still get to talk about music. Like, you feel me? I still get to be around music and be super focused on all that. So I don't know. I guess it was like a bit of a trade-off and, you know, it was, it was a bit of a trade-off. I think another thing that happened to me working at that radio station, um, and not to just shit all over the radio station, um, but I kind of like their jocks weren't getting a chance to really stretch out and have that same fun that I saw like Rick D's and Big Boy having. You know what I mean? Uh, so I was like, oh, this is kind of not even what I signed up for in the first place. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was like, so like, I guess I wasn't too depressed, you know, about like not being able to be like some fucking liner jock. You know what I mean? Like it, it didn't break my heart that much. So um, I was it like, it just yeah. wasn't the right fit. Like yeah. you knew it wasn't the right fit. Yeah, so I was like, like it didn't whatever. make sense. And I was like, you know, it probably never makes sense for me to do this um, again. But, you know, with writing, you get a chance to really, like, stretch out. And, you know, you could take as many words, not as many words as you need to, but you could really stretch out and dive into whatever subject you want to talk about. You know what I mean? If you got something to say or whatever. So I left. I left. And, and then I was I was taking I was still taking radio classes or shit. I stopped going to school for the most part when I was working at the radio station. I had, like, moved to L.A. or whatever. So I end up going back to school. And uh, I don't know if you know who PJ Buddy is, but he's just like a, he's like a legendary, like LA DJ. You feel me? Like iconic, okay. iconic LA like DJ. Like within LA, just within LA. like a ton of respect and like yeah. was an important piece of it. Yeah, for sure. And like, I mean, I think like for at some point he was doing like international syndicated radio shows and stuff like that. So I don't know how far his, his reach goes, but you know, at least like growing up, like PJ Buddy was like, you know, a force to be reckoned with. And so... He was, he, at that point, he was teaching radio at Mount Sac, the community college I was going to. And so, oh, you shit. know, yeah. So like kind of him being like a bit of the hip hop guy, I was like, well, shit, you know, like I'm cool with him. Like we, I think we just had like a bit of a natural rapport or at least a rapport that I forced, you know what I mean? Where it's just like, oh, let me try to get cool with PJ because he probably speaks my, he speaks my language better than anybody else in, in this entire program, you know? That's so, smart, um, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I think it was just like natural too. You know what I mean? It wasn't even like super intentional. Um, oh, yeah. Like you just you know? like naturally were drawn to what he had to say. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you get it. You're yeah, cool. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I was trying to like try to impress him did, and shit. And like, you know. Did he remind you of like the OG, like what you were inspired by, like the radio that you thought things would be? Um, nah, I wouldn't say necessarily because PJ, he, he didn't, uh, at that point, I don't think he was ever on like morning radio. He was usually, mm. I think he would he would have done like daytimes or like evenings and stuff like that from what I remember. So he he didn't have like the radio show. So it wasn't necessarily that vibe. 
but he was also the person that was playing my favorite records, you know what I mean, when I was a kid, you know what I mean? So he kind of just built that natural, you know what I mean, like proclivity for, you know what I mean, people like that. You know, I could connect him to some of my earliest music memories or whatever. So um, yeah, and not even cool. to make PJ seem like super old because he's not that old, but I think he was just really young when he was on, you know what I mean? When he was really like booming. Um, totally. It's not his age. It's just the fact that he was ahead of the curve. Yeah, he was kind of just doing his shit. Um, and so anyway, it's long story short. So he was working at, and I started writing for his website. He had a website called pjbutter.com. And like before I even started writing for him, I used to always tell him like, hey bro, where you get your new music from? Where you get your new music from? Because this was the days of like, uh, I want to say like Zippy, Zippy Share, some shit like that. Like Hulk Share, remember all those sites? Like I remember Hulk Share. Yeah, like all those sites where you could like convert files and rip files and host files and stuff like that. It and was so, like the right after, like Napster, like that was all over. Yeah, yeah. But it, you were still able to download music for free. Like you could kind yeah. of find it on blogs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I feel like that's right around the era. Did you ever like use a uh, Hypem or Hype Machine? No, nah, I never used those. I feel like Hype Machine was that, but like yeah. more for, call it like electronic music. Word. So but yeah, like so, blog days, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so what PJ, like the, the Zippy Share, all that, that was just like the way to like kind of get me. Essentially, it was like the torrent hub. It wasn't even, yep. it wasn't necessarily the website that you go to get the music from. It was just like the, he's like, People were hosting it there, you know what I mean. But I used to, yeah. all, I used to always beg him, like, "Yo, PJ, like, tell me where you get your new music from." Like, you feel me, like all the time, like, bro, like, you gotta let me know. And he would never give it away because, you know, he figured, like, you know, that would stop so much traffic from going to his website or whatever. So I, I bothered him for like months, maybe a year or so. And so I remember when I, I, he needed an intern for his website, and I was like, "Yeah, it's me. Like, I'm, I'm gonna just be the intern for your website." So it's just like handling all the content, all the posts, and all that shit like that. And he finally gave me the keys, bro, and I was just like, "Yo, like, yes." You feel me? I was like, "Yeah, this is it." So I finally like was able to just like you know every new song that came out, like you know this is early days too, like 2012. Like I'm thinking like who who we put on now? Like this is like. Migos, like super early Migos, super early Rich the Kid, you know, essentially everybody that was like coming out with music at that point, like, you know, like that, you know, this source would have all the music. So I, I had the keys, like, you feel me? I had everything I needed. And so what I would do is I would just post like, you know, I'll post daily for PJ, like, you know, whatever new songs came out that I thought were raw, I like posted a website, and, you know, kind of just like aggregate for them essentially. And then, you know, I might like, I'll write a little blurb about you know it was blog i was blogging for him you feel me so that was yeah. kind of helping like develop my my journalism dude you talking about that era has me like so it like brings back this spark of excitement where it was so exciting to find new music for sure because you had to work for it it wasn't just served to you like you yeah. had to like dig and you had to care yeah and it was cool to be the one that found new music for sure you had to be there every single day man and you know refreshing as soon as they get any music you gotta hope that you could go get it and post it and put it up you know what i mean and shoot out the links and like that like it was it seemed so much more manual today i mean i don't know i guess there's people that probably still have to do that shit i'm gonna kind of remove from it now but it was such a process of going through listening to it a couple of times before you wrote about it you know what i mean finding a cool picture yeah. to post about it like you know what i mean it was it was a grind yeah you know what i'm saying so did like, you have any notable ones that you like stumbled upon that are now like massive that you wrote about um nah i can't think of anything that i was 
super early on. I would probably have to go back through some posts to see what I, you know what I mean, what I wrote. But I remember yeah. one of the moments that like stood out to me that kind of like made me feel like really good just about writing was uh, Mrs. and Django came out and Common Common had a song. Wait, no, John Legend had a song on the Django soundtrack. I think it's called like Who Did That to You or whatever. So I listened to that song. You seen Django, right? Yeah. All right. Not nah, my bad. Yeah, my, I don't <laughs> Oh I don't no, know. I mean I'm like nah, it's kind yeah, of just I, I came like, in pretty hot. Yeah, yeah, dude, of course. What do you think I am not a Django? Yeah, I mean <laughs> I have it, seen it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the people who haven't seen Django at this point are weirdos, I guess. But um <laughs> I guess me asking that question was a way to say, like, we all know the story of it. And that song that Common wrote was about like the movie, you know? And I was like, damn, like, I didn't know it was about Django. I don't know it was for Django though. So the way I wrote about it was like, yo, like this seems like, you know, a person on a journey, you know what I mean? Looking for a lost love, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, leaves you longing, yearning, blah, blah, blah. And then you come to find out it's about Django and then you watch Django and you were like, oh shit. Like, you know, like I kind of nailed the description of the song. So I was like, oh, you know, it was just like a good, yeah, like you actually understood it. Yeah, yeah, like you did your job as far yeah. as interpreting it yeah. and then like being rewarded by that. Like, yeah. like, yep, here's two and a half hours of me being right. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was super rewarding um, to have that experience. So I think that's kind of what stood out to me the most. But um, another thing PJ did, he kind of just, he would let me like go free. He didn't let me do what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? So I remember I would, I would go to like Two Chains had a show in Pomona one time and, you know, I like recorded uh, you know, some video from like probably like an iPhone 4 or some shit at that point. And, you know, yeah. recorded some video, uploaded it, edited it in like iMovie or something. You feel me? Just like super janky styles, but I yep. posted it on the website. Like, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, just to have more content, but also just like developing my skills. And then he let me write a Kendrick Lamar. He let me write a Good Kid, Mad City album review. That was the Whoa. first album. That was the first album review I ever wrote. You know, that's like one of the greatest albums of all time. And so, yeah, that album aged well. Yeah, like it's timeless. Like it, it's never going anywhere. You feel me? And so, mm-hmm. um, from there, I was still writing for PJ. Kind of slowed down. Kind of stopped. And uh, this is a super long introduction about like my story or whatever. But I ended Dude, up getting this is another, what it is though. I love yeah, this. Yeah, I think I like you. this is important. Everybody relates to that and everybody goes right. through that grind. And like I'm sure. obsessed with hearing this. For like, sure. This is awesome. For sure. Um, and so I I had moved to DC to study. And so I kind of like, well, even before I got to DC, I was going to community college and I was I found another job doing like that same promo shit that I was doing for Amp Radio, like that whole marketing thing that I was doing. And it was for a newspaper. Yeah. It was for a newspaper called OC Weekly, like a a local. It's like now defunct. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't exist anymore. Um, wow. But yeah, so I was I started doing promo for OC Weekly. And then the way I viewed it was like, all right, cool. I'm going to do promo. Eventually, I'm going to like meet the music editor. And then boom, I start writing freelance for OC Weekly. Like, you know what I mean? And so I did promo for a couple months. And then OC Weekly, we had these events. And then they had this one event like in the Newport Dunes or some shit. And I was there like, you know, doing grunt work and shit. And I saw the music editor just because I probably like had stalked them you know what I'm saying, online or some shit like that. And I was like, yo, like, I want to write. You feel me? I want to write for OC Weekly. He's like, yeah, send me some samples or whatever. So I sent them the Good Kid, Mad City review that I did. 
And, um, you know, he kind of gave me some notes. Like, I, I think, like, you know, I probably never forget just, like, his reply back to me. You feel me? It was just like, yo, like, this is dope. You know, it's definitely some things that you kind of want to clean up. Like, you know what I mean? And, you know, ways to expand your thoughts. You feel me? But I think, like, you know, it'll be dope if you kind of contributed to OC Weekly. Whoa. So, so not only did he put you on to a degree, he, like, actually took the time to read your work yeah. and give you real critique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a, he was an editor. Like, you know what I mean? He was, like, a real deal editor where, like, he, he kind of understood his job was, you know, to make his writers better and shit. And, you know, shout out to Nate That's Jackson. That's fucking cool. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll forever be indebted to him for that as well, bro, just because you know he was just like super helpful and shit and nate would later be the person be the reason why i like would go to coachella and like cover coachella and shit like that you know what i mean so you know just like got a lot of opportunities at oc weekly but you know directly thanks to nate and so i was doing promo and then i was started writing for oc weekly and um bro the, the craziest thing like Somebody, you know, maybe me, I don't know what it is. Somebody should make a documentary. You know, the observatory in Orange County? Dude, For sure yeah. you don't have any. Like, bro, tell me, because I don't know if this was your experience, but from like 2014 to 2017, that was the greatest music venue in the country, bro. I, yeah. So check my perspective on that is I believe Andy Sarayo was a partner in it. He was a co-owner in Chain Reaction, and I know they were very close to mm -hmm. it. So in that time, 2014 through 2017, I was touring. I was tour managing bands. Word. Or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That was a little bit after. I, I was getting off the road, but I was like, in the music management kind of side. So I was seeing tours go through there. Yeah. And my memory of that was like, I was very fresh to California. And you're right. Every good show went through there. If you were getting a tour, if you were looking at routing yes. and it went to the observatory, yes, bro. you knew it was a good tour. Yes, bro. And then if you were going to see a band there, you knew it was going to be a, like a really good show. Like, yeah, it was the, it was the like, on paper, if you saw that name, yes. you didn't have to think further. Bro. Yeah. That shit yeah. was like, that shit was like, it was like a pit stop. It was just a pit stop from LA to San Diego, right? And yeah. so, and so, like you said, it was, it was routing, it was logistics. You feel me? Mm -hmm. So it was like, yo, so we had our show in LA. One or two nights later, we have our show in Orange County, and then we head down to San Diego. So, out of what's bro's name, Andy Sorayo? Yeah, bro. I don't know what they were doing or the type of relationships they had, but the, while, while they were doing that, and like, bro, you been a beach goth? D yeah, it's like the festival, bro. <laughs> bro, beach goth. Like, what else did they have behind? Like the burger, burger rama. I think was there a year or two, bro. And so, like, I day remember, and yeah. day and night festival. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, dog. So from 14 to 17, bro. It was magic, bro. It was just magic. And so I was writing for OC Weekly, living in Orange County. And at one point, I lived a mile away from the observatory, bro. And Yo, so that also means that you were probably close to my favorite place in the world, Raisin Canes. Literally. Raisin, so, so like Raisin Canes wasn't even there when I first started covering shows at Observatory, bro. Oh, like, no, you that's, feel a, me? that's like, a tragedy. Yo, that's the best yo, part so, is the combo. Bro, when Raising Canes opened up, yeah, that shit was just like, 
Or, you know, after the show, you would go to Raising Canes or you go to In-N-Out and everybody would just be yes. sweaty as fuck. You feel me? From yes, whatever concert dude. they came from. Be fucked up, I'm faded. Kidding. People passed dude. out on benches. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like That's when when I need to keep up with what youth culture is doing. I always right. have this joke that I have to go to Raising Canes to right. ask the youths what's yeah. good. Because yeah. you go there after a show at the Observatory yeah. and that's like real life, like young kids. Anybody. Yeah. It's just like, it's real. Yeah. God, that's funny. Bro, that shit I was, completely know I'm, that era. I'm glad you were there. Yeah, I'm glad you were familiar. Because that shit was magic, bro. Because because at that time, too, there was something super magical happening in rap as well, bro. Like, that was like Lil Yachty was coming out. Kodak Black was coming up. Playboy Cardi was yeah. coming up. Post Malone was coming up. You know what I'm that's, saying? Ray Strim was coming up. Era. Future was coming up. Metro, bro, Metro Boomin had $5 shows at the observatory at one point. DJ Khaled had $5 shows at the observatory. I'm talking like Rich the Kid, bro. St. John opened for Post Malone there in like 2014 or 15 or something like that. Like, bro, that, that shit was like, it was magic, bro. It was magic. And you were going to them, huh? And like I was you were there, going to all those shows? I was there going to all those shows, covering all oh those shows. My God. You know what I'm saying? Like building relationships to the point where like I could just show up and be like, let me in this motherfucker. Like, you feel me? Like there was no yeah. show that I couldn't get into after I had like built relationships with all the security guards and the parking people yeah. and, you know, dudes at the front and even some of their promoters. I had built some like relationships with, bro. Like, um, are we, they like had their they were so dialed too. like what a professional venue like they, like yeah. all of the people that worked there did their job so yeah. well yeah. and i also feel like this is a lesson to anybody listening obviously now during covid it doesn't work but like whatever your local venue is yeah. become like boys with them for like, sure nothing bad comes out of learning your like meeting your security guards meeting everybody yeah. there taking the time to know their names taking like just seeing how they are all that because like for sure just like establishing yourself in your local scene is so important it was so important bro like yeah like i was like you talked about getting cocky earlier i got cocky at one point because i was like man there ain't no show i can't get into bro I was like, my face is a coupon. You feel me? Like, if I show up to this fucking <laughs> my venue, face is a coupon. you know, like, shout out to Hove. But like, you know, I was like, man, if I show up to this venue, I'm getting in and ain't nobody stopping me, you know? So I remember George Clinton was having a show at the observatory one night, bro. George Clinton, bro. Like, George, like, you feel me? Like, one of the greatest it musicians just... of all time, bro. Had a show there. It was after Thanksgiving. I felt like I left the family's house. Had no ticket, nothing like that. And just showed up and was like, yo, like, I need in on this. You feel me? So, like, it was just that, bro. But I'm telling you, like, day and night was magical, bro. Like, famous Dex early days. Like, YG. Like, you know, like, I was, I'm pretty sure that I saw the first ever live performance of Fuck Donald Trump. Like, I'm, I'm like, you know, the song had come out like a week before and YG came out for Jeremiah's set at the observatory and performed Fuck Donald Trump, bro. Like, without Nipsey, you know, rest in peace. But it was like, I was, you know what I'm saying? Like, just moments like that, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm like, watch, watching these young icons, bro. Future, like, you know, like right in the, right in the dirty, not pre-dirty Sprite. Like, you feel me? Like the honest era. You know what I'm saying? Dude, like, I was there every single night. Saying- as you're saying all these artists, like, again, it has me yeah. like so like excited all over again because yeah. I didn't stop and think just how much incredible music and how many artists were coming up and like that era where it was like, I don't know, like right after that, like backpack blog rap, like whatever, yeah. but it was, it was just, just like after that. a stride of like 
fucking good music. Yeah, incredible music, bro. It was incredible music. Like it was, it was, it would tell you it was magical. Yeah, everybody, like all the artists that we love today, like, you know what I'm saying? That was like their hub, you know what I'm saying? Like Uzi and just like every night pulling up and hit, you know, 21 Savage, you know what I'm saying? Like, like first 21 Savage singles, and you know that the DJ, the house DJ is gonna play this shit, and you know all the warm-up songs, you know. So it's like I had always been a music fan, but that like Bro, that like brought me, you know what I'm saying? That like put me in the middle of the shit. You know what I mean? It's one thing to listen yes. to music on on Apple Music or YouTube or whatever. Um, but it's another thing to be there every night and watching people react to it and watching kids go crazy for it. You know what I mean? And like taking 151 shots. Like you feel me at the bar because that's all you could afford, but it was going to get you fucked up. So it's like, all right, man, we have buy two 151 shots. You know what I'm saying? Spend like 20 bucks. And catch a fade, you know what I'm saying, for that. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to like whatever, drinking whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? So it was just like, you know, it was a beautiful time, man. Um, so, you know, that and wasn't that came long of ago. That? Like you were just like, you're in it. You were going to every show. You were experiencing yeah. the music. I was just, yeah, I was just dummy plugged in. And I, yeah, I just, I just, I just built, I built a closer relationship to music than I had, I had ever in my life. Um, and so... Shit, after that, still working with OC Weekly, I guess like my break or whatever happened, like ComplexCon was in Long Beach. And so, you know, that was like something else, bro. Like Complex, like Long Beach was right there next to Orange County, you feel me? And so it's like, all right, boom, I get to cover ComplexCon. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, no way. Yeah, yeah. What year? What, what, uh, which one did you do? 2016. It was the first one. Oh. The first ComplexCon. And, um. Yeah, man, that shit was that shit was fucking insane. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that shit was that shit was fucking insane. Like, I remember F- Four Loco had like a free a booth where they was giving out like free cups of Four Loco, and I was in that motherfucker dude. sauced off Four Loco. Like, you know, what I mean? dude, Just, like, it was like a party. I think I went to yeah. complex. I think I went to the 2017 Complex okay. Con. Yeah, because I remember hearing about the first one being yeah. like. I am about to go to like the world's fair of culture yeah. and it is yeah. about to be so <laughs> turnt. And I think it was a little more tame the one I went to, right. but like everyone talks about that first complex con as yeah. if it was like literally just the wild west. That shit was insane, bro. Like, yeah. So I remember, I remember I wore, uh, I had some brand new pink vans. They were brand new. It was the first time I wore them. And, um, you know, I was trying to get fresh for complex kind of like, you know, as as one would. Right. So I had on like some pink bands. I think I had on like some pink flea shorts and I don't even, I don't even know what type of shirt I had on. But I was like, all right, we in here. So Travis Scott was performing. Right. And I had never been to a Travis Scott show before. And so I get like essentially like VIP for the Travis Scott show. And I'm in that shit. And Travis Scott comes out and like, as you know, Travis Scott is like the greatest live performer, you know what I'm saying, of this era. You know what I'm saying? Like it's you know, another level. It's, he's there's the all-time greats, you know what I'm saying, from past years and for this generation, it's Travis Scott hands down. So I remember being in there and within like three seconds of Travis Scott being on stage, like my shoes were fucked up. Like my brand new pink bands got <laughs> fucked up. And you know, I was mad about it for like five seconds. And I was like, nah, like, this is it. Like, you feel me? Like, this is the, this is the moment, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is the moment. So that's how ComplexCon was. But like, the, the, 
the craziest part about Complex Con, I said all that old, all that other shit, everything that we just led up to for the last 20, 30 minutes or whatever was to say that there was a booth set up right when you walked into the main hall of the Long Beach Convention Center. And it was just, it was a booth. Like it was like big wooden panels and walls and windows. And I was like, oh shit, like this is a, this is a radio booth set up here. It was the radio booth, right? And it was, it happened to be like Beats One. You feel me? Like Apple Music was set up broadcasting live from ComplexCon. You know what I'm saying? From the very first ComplexCon. And so I I sat there and I was just like, yeah, I was, I was mesmerized, bro. I was like, because it was like the show called The Pharmacy was on and it was Dr. Dre's show. Dr. Dre wasn't there, but like Exhibit was there. DJ Pooh was there. Um, the homie Eddie, who I didn't even know at the time, was there. And I'm sitting there like, what the fuck? They got a live radio broadcast going on? Right? You know what I'm saying? That shit just struck me. Like, you know, I stopped dead in my tracks. And I'm sitting there and some lady came up to me and then she just started talking to me. Like, I don't even know. I don't even know how it starts. shit. She might have just said, like, what's up? You know what I mean? Or, like, do you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Did you listen to Beats One or some shit like that? You feel me? Yeah, like, like just like some random, like somebody being personable. Super, yeah, exactly. Just like somebody being nice and shit. So I'm like, yeah, like, not, not super. You know, I'm kind of familiar with the things that, you know, y'all been doing. Like, um, and I don't even know if she asked me that. I don't even, I'm, I'm not even sure what she asked, but we just struck up a conversation. And then she asked me, she was like, if you had like a microphone in front of you right now, like, what would you talk about? You feel me? And I was like, I told her, I was like, I'll talk about Lil Yachty being on the surface, like super playful and, you know what I mean? Flamboyant and outgoing and, and, you know, super bright. But, but like, but seriously, like his lyrics are like dark as fuck. Like he, he, He'd chop you down. <laughs> you feel me? I was like, that would that would be the, that would be the story I could tell right now if I got a chance, and just like how that contrast works, and how like I don't know if we've ever had a contrast like that in music. She was like, oh, that's cool. Um, I think she's like, follow me on Twitter or some shit like that. So I was like, all right, cool. Like, yeah, let's, let's change Twitters, whatever, whatever. So exchange Twitter, and then she was like, what do you do? What are you doing here? I told her I'm here covering the event. Like, you know what I mean? I'm a journalist, blah, blah, blah. She was like, okay, cool. She was like, come back in a couple hours because I want you to meet somebody who I work with. And I'm like, okay, dope. Like, whatever, you feel me? So yeah. I come back, and at that point, like, Ebro was on air or something like that. You feel me? There was somebody else now. I'm like, yo, this shit is nuts. And so she <laughs> introduced me at that point to their editorial, like, manager you know what i'm saying he was like the leader of their editorial side or whatever and you know we just chopped it up with him for a couple minutes quick conversation um and then i was like all right cool like that's it you know complex con was over so you know i followed her on twitter then i then you know i, I opened her twitter and she's like booming on twitter she's like a boss you know and i was like oh, oh shit, shit you like, aren't oh. ready yeah i was like oh that's crazy like she was like big dog status you feel me i was like she's, she's really out here doing it and so since we had connected I like, I was like, man, I might as well just like, you know, let me just hit her up and just check in with her every now and then. You feel me? Like, let me just, you know, kind of see what they're doing over there. And so like, they was doing super cool shit. Like, like Vince Staples got a show and it was called CBS, but it was, you know, it stood for Section 8 Art House Broadcasting System. I was like, that's raw. Like, that's so raw. And so um, I would kind of just hit her up every now and then. And one time she invited me for coffee. 
I'm like, hell yeah, sure, we could link up for coffee, like whatever. And um, so she invited me to coffee. She invited me to like to Beach One Studio. Like, you feel me? She invited me to oh. Beach One Studio, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, was that uh, is that the one like in Culver City that had like the gold staircase and all like the like proper? People, sure, sure, something like what? that, <laughs> something <laughs> like that. And so, um, so yeah, she invited me over. We chop it up. The dude that she introduced me to that time comes down, we link up. And essentially what it was is like a very informal, it's like an informal interview, you know what I'm saying? And so, Whoa. yeah, I had no idea. You know, I, I was, I wasn't, you know, unassuming. I was like unsuspecting or whatever. And um, yeah, man. I, so like we had coffee. She was like, yo, do me a favor. She was like, go, go home, write the 10 coolest stories that you could think of, like just 10 story ideas, like not even full stories, just come up with like 10 super cool story ideas that you would like to tell and, um, you know, record some stuff on your phone and then, you know, send it back to me, like, you know, in a couple of days or whatever. So I'm like, all right, bet. So I go write some story, you know, come with some story ideas that I think are really raw. I can't remember a lot of them at this time. Some of them were based around just like super cool recording studios, uh, at that point, I think it was like we were like 10 years removed from like the snap, the snap movement in Atlanta. So I was like, it would be cool to do like a retrospective of the snap movement. I you know, just a couple of stories that I thought were really dope. Yeah, and it's kind of uh, like being yourself, like just yeah. showing what you actually cared about. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, as a journalist, like, yeah, these are stories that I would pitch to my editor. You feel me? So, um, so I did that, hit her, and I think within within like a couple of weeks, I had like a job offer to be like a production assistant at B20. It was like, yo, like shit crazy. And that had to have been insane for you because like that aha moment of like everything you saw on radio and it not quite lining up yeah. and then seeing beats one do it and like yeah. being at complex con and you're like, this is the wave. This is what it should be. This yeah. is that new era. And you're like, oh, for sure. I mean, at that point, I mean, I don't even think I had like the brains to put it all together that way. But like what I saw it as, I don't even remember what I saw it as, bro. What I saw it as, like I was working at Acai Cafe, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like for real, bro. I was working at Acai Cafe, like surviving on tips, you know what I mean? Not having any money, fucking driving an old ass car. And I was like, yo, this job is going to pay me more than my Acai Cafe job. You feel me? Like, Making, that was it. You're just making, like, this I was is... Like, yeah. I was like, damn, like, I kind of get to do what I want to do. But, you know, wow. I guess to rewind a little bit, I guess the, this is the craziest part about this to me. How you're talking about, like, oh, this is an aha moment. Um, the craziest part about it was to me is I had graduated from college, like, in June of 2016. And I told myself, like, bro, you're not going to get a job straight up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the journalism market is tough. Like, you know, it's hard to break in, get a staff writing job. You're doing the freelance shit, but you're going to have to do the freelance shit for a little bit longer. You know, I was like, send it, I would send my articles to, like, you know, the big outlets. Like, you know what I'm saying? The big media outlets. And, like, nobody was fucking with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody would show me any love. Like, you know, none of the artists, none of the writers that I really, really looked up to would, like, was like offering to help, you know what I'm saying? So I was just like, yeah, bro, you're not ready. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to have to put in, like, a, you know, you're going to have to grind for like a year. You know, I told myself like yeah. at least a year, bro, you're just going to have to like, just put your head down, fucking make acai and survive off acai. You feel me? Because that's what I was doing. Like, so much of my food costs got cut because I would just like eat acai, you feel me? 
They're like trading Nick's, acai bowls for Chipotle and shit. For real. The chapter of Nick's life of just acai life. Just nah. paying the bills and filling your stomach with acai. Nah, real shit. That, that was it. You feel me? And so it was just like, it was like, yeah, post-college grind. I told myself like, man, you just locked in. And so I guess getting that job offered through all those plans out of whack. You feel me? Like, I remember I had a girlfriend at the time and I felt like I had to have like a heart to heart with her. Cause like, you know, like, I don't know, like no, no person wants to be with like a loser or whatever. You feel me? Like, you know, that's just like, when you think about like a long-term partner and shit, you know, in a way it's like, nobody wants to be with a loser. So I, so I felt like I had to like sit her down and tell her like, yo, this is going to be my life for like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like you're like, oh, for the acai days, you're like, yeah. listen, right now you're gonna yeah. have to deal with acai, Nick. Yeah, you're this have is to not do. permanent. Yeah, but right now, but like I was like, yeah, this is it. So it's like you know, the reason why I'm not gonna try to like go after you know the, the better paying job or whatever because I know I gotta hunker down to like do what I want to do. You feel me? So I remember like having like that was my that was my mindset. I was just I was just ready to sacrifice whatever I had to sacrifice. You know what I mean? Like I was like delivering postmates to like rich people and shit like that. Like you feel me? And you know what I mean? I was just yeah, just like, grinding. Just literally grinding. But it sounds like you had the right mindset. It's like it's not like you were lying to yourself and it's not like you were like making that miserable. You were just like this is going to suck, but I believe in something and I'm just going to deal with it. Yeah, I try to take like a, a logistic you know, logistical approach, I guess, a logical approach, I, I guess it's the better word, the logical approach and just say like, yeah, they're like, I'm not going to fucking hit a home run. You know, I'm not going to hit the lotto or whatever. Like, it's just, it's just what it's going to take. So when I got the job offer, it threw all those plans off track. Like, you know what I mean? And I was but like, in oh, a good shit. way. Yeah. Yeah. And then what's great, like I was single by the time I got the job offer. You feel oh, me? She so, doesn't even know. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. Um, kind of how that worked out. You feel me? But yeah, so I, it just threw all my plans off track. And then, you know, I entered like a new chapter um, of my life, which which led to me, you know, grinding at Beach One for a minute. Um, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, like becoming a radio host some weird way. You did like, it. Yeah, like it's crazy, right? Like it's, it's so crazy how, you know, the path that I had to take, you know, to get there and like not even thinking that I would get there. And you know, still ending up back there. It's like weird as hell, but it's also dope as fuck too. You know what I mean? Like shit crazy. That's, I mean, dude, that's everything to me. And it's like, it's so fucking cool. Like you're talking about going all the way back to being a kid, hearing those first stations on air, being like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And you fucking did it. Yeah, it's it crazy. wasn't the path you thought, yeah. but like all these things happen and here you are. And it like almost happened in the best way. Yeah, for because sure. Because it sounds like such a genuine, authentic connection of like ComplexCon, like you're at an event you love, you're there for music you love, you have yeah. a conversation with somebody where you're just being real, Yeah, they come in, invite you for coffee, and you're just like, yeah, cool, whatever, and then like through all of that, it leads to them just being like, yeah, cool, like he's in this for the right reasons, and now here you are. For sure, for sure. Dude, yeah, that, that, that was my long-winded so way. fucking cool. Yeah, man. That's the podcast, though. That's what I like. That's the whole point is I love hearing the long winded stories of this. And like, there's so many parts in that story as you were telling it where I'm just like, damn it, that's cool. Like, it feels like throughout your entire path, you always were passionate about music. Like, it was never you trying to do it for like clout or like cred. Like, it was just like 
you loved those shows. Like you were going to those shows, you were listening to that music, you were trying to find stuff early because you loved it. Yeah. And then like getting there and it just like the the acai days where you were just like, yeah, cool. Like it is what it is. <laughs> I love like, how you framed it the acai days, but the yeah. Acai days. Real deal. Real deal. Oh man. Yeah. Dude. So then what year was that that you started with Beats One? The beginning of 2017. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So and you've been are. there since. Yeah, ever since, you know. But it has continued to progress and get even cooler, right? Because again, like your show is only a couple months old. For sure. And I, I know that some of it, like you can't really go too, too in depth and respect to that. But did you, like what, what, was, your, what was your position before you had your own show? I was a product. I started off as a production assistant there. And that's like, that was like helping produce shows, you know what I'm saying? Gathering prep, you know what I mean? Uh, making sure the host had everything they needed to present, you know, as dope of a show as possible. You know what I mean? Kind of try to editorialize and, you know, make sure that they didn't say the same shit every day or, you know, had the same delivery style or, you know what I mean? Just like try to keep it fresh and, you know, help tell new stories, which is where kind of, I guess, like my journalism background kind of came into play a little bit, right? So it's like that training kind of helped. And yeah. um, so that's how I started off. And then that kind of just like ended up as, <clears throat> you know, when you get there too, like a motherfucker asks you, you know, if you want to take on a new responsibility, like you say, yeah, you feel me? Like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, you're like, like with that, like, did you, was that just inherent? Like you just knew, like, I don't want to say how to play the game, but like you knew you were at a great company and you knew just like, say yes, keep your head down, do the work. For sure. Kind of For sure. It was like, you know, I, I don't know if I would have known anyway, but yeah, like I remember my uncle, like when I was, a, when I was a kid, he was like, when I was a teenager, he was like, dog, like if you get a job, he's like, just be a sponge. You feel me? Like that was like, he'll always tell me that shit. This is before I ever had any type of job. Like, you know, it's like, whatever you do, just be a sponge. You feel me? Just be a sponge, be a sponge. So it's like when motherfuckers ask you, can you do this? Do you want to do this? Just say, yeah, you soak up as much knowledge and, you know, soak up as much as you possibly can. You feel me? So I was like, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe that just became common sense to me, but it was like, yo, can you do this? Can you, you know, you want to learn how to do this? You want to learn how to, I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. Like, you know, give me all that shit. You feel me? So at one point, you know, I was just like pretty well versed in the things that I that I knew how to do, you know what I'm saying, within within Beach One. Um and so yeah, bro, <laughs> like it's kind of crazy. And I, you know, I was doing a bunch of different things at one point. And um yeah, man. Just I don't know what your original question was, but yeah. Well, I guess there... like I was just trying to paint the picture of your progression there. Yeah. So starting as a production assistant, saying yeah. yes to everything, yeah. understanding the actual culture, probably caring about the things you were doing. Yeah, that's a big part of it. And then was it all was it production assistant straight into you now having the show? Was there another um, transition or in a way, it was production assistant to that, but it was, I was like working on different shows, you know what I mean? Working on different shows. And then like, so kind of going back to me kind of being like, you know, outgoing, um, you know, energetic, argumentative, like, you know what I mean? Like that shit kind of ended up paying off for me here, right? And because like me and my co-host now, Eddie, you know, we didn't have a super tight relationship at first, but... I don't know what eventually broke. I think maybe we started sitting 
Nah, I don't know what happened, but we just start having conversations. You know what I mean? We just start having like, you know, like loud conversations about rap and shit. You know what I mean? It's just like about whatever, whether we agree or disagree. And, you know, we start putting lists together. You know, we was just, we just had like, a, we just had a dynamic where, you know what I mean? Like I'm outgoing and like energetic and like Eddie is too. Eddie's loud. You feel me? So it's like, we would have these conversations that would just get really loud and like, other people couldn't help but like join into the conversations or like give their advice on the conversations. You know what I mean? And just like chime in, yeah. you know, top 10 rappers, top 10 producers, you know, this this Kanye West album, that, this Kendrick Lamar album, that, you know, even if it came to sports, you know, so me and Eddie just built this dynamic of just like talking shit, you know what I mean? And, yeah. And, and, you know, just being ourselves, you know what I mean? And so we just, we just had like chemistry that worked really well. And we started recording like very small, just like for no reason, actually, somebody else got assigned to go record little tidbits for like segments or whatever with somebody else. And then one day somebody was like, man, y'all should just, y'all go record some some segments like you and Eddie. So it was like, all right, cool. And then we start recording. The first shit we ever recorded was Drake was getting ready to drop Scorpion. Okay. So this, is, this is 2018. Yeah, yeah. 18. So Drake was getting ready to drop Scorpion. And, um, we just jump in the studio and start talking about Drake. You know what I mean? We just like, we just jumped in. Like we start talking, I don't know, whatever, you know, it's like, yo, Drake's getting ready to come out with an album. Like this is the fire shit. Like this is the Drake I want. This is Drake I want. You know, this is what Drake fans need. Like, you know what I'm saying? This is what Drake got to do, blah, blah, blah. And eventually that shit made it up to like upper management. I don't know. I don't know. Upper management at Apple is like, I don't know, fucking, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Big dogs or whatever. But it made it to our Beats Ones, like, you know what I mean? Like upper management. They was like, yo, this shit is cool. So they kind of would like run little segments of us talking about Drake for the lead up to that album. So oh, then. Oh, cool. Yeah. So then that happened. And then I think like Migos was getting ready to drop an album. So then we did like a Migos version of that shit. You know what I mean? And was, we kind of became the guys to talk about hip hop albums and promos before they came out on air or whatever. And um, a couple months after that, Eddie got a new show. Like Eddie's a radio host, like by trade, you feel me? So like working at Beach One the whole time, he was like a radio host. So he got a gig to host a new show. Um, at the beginning of 2019 called Hip Hop Chart. And um, he was the host and I was going to produce him. You feel me? I was just going to produce the show, right? I don't know if they didn't like trust me on air. I don't know if they didn't want to pay me as a on air. I don't know. I don't know. But However it played out, you were yeah, producing it. But I was producing it. But at the same time, like I was also, I was co-hosting the show. You know what I mean? Like I was the producer, but I was also like chiming in on like damn near every break. Like you feel me? Like and it wasn't... <laughs> no issue. You feel me? It was just like our dynamic, you know what I mean? So we did that for a minute and, um, hip hop chart went off air, you know, beats one rebranded and no longer exists. It's just Apple right. music. It's just, you know, everything's Apple music now. So, you know, we underwent a rebrand and, um, yeah, man, we started having conversations about, you know, coming up with a new show and my role being elevated to, you know, just being an actual host and like putting my face, on the artwork as well. You feel me? Put my name on the artwork and put me inside the app. And so, um, yeah, man, we made it official. You feel me? And, you know, I guess here we, here are, we are. You far me. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, man, the shit is kind of crazy. Dude, that is very crazy, but in the yeah. best fucking way. Like, it's, yeah. I don't know. I get like real hype on exactly that of 
it's not easy to follow that early dream and to be like, here's this non-traditional thing that I want to do. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. You went to school for it and you knew for a yeah. long time and you set yourself up for it. Yeah. But like, damn it, it's nice to talk to somebody that's like, this is what I was trying to do and I'm doing it. It's like, the craziest shit, bro. God, I mean, that's nice. But I feel super, I feel fortunate for a lot of reasons, but also because I felt like I knew what I wanted to do early. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Some people, some people graduate college and don't know what they want to do. Some people get out of high school and don't know what they want to do. You feel me? Some people, they got to kind of figure it out. But, you know, I kind of had like a plan. You know, I kind of had something to like, I guess, like anchor me the whole time, right? Where if shit ever got like too far out of hand or, you know what I mean? If shit just, if I felt like I was in like the middle of the tornado, you know what I mean? That I could be like, Oh, at least I know where I want to go. You know, once this tornado is over, you know, my house could be destroyed, but at least I know, you know, kind of like where home is. And you know what I mean? So I, I feel yes. super fortunate to like have that, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and not be scrambling around too much trying to make something make sense. You know what I mean? Now, do you think though, because I think about this exact thing quite often, do you think that more people in the world actually do have that, but it's just like really scary to actually admit that that's the dream and you want to chase it because it's harder? Like, do you yeah. think that you could have given up, like, you know, because you got fired from that first radio station, like that could have been your time where you could be like, I'm not cut out for this. So do you think that you say you're lucky that you knew but do you think that having strong will and determination is part of that? Because couldn't you have just given that up as well? Well, in a way, I did give up radio, you know? Right. Like, you kind of went to the journalism side. Yeah, yeah. I guess I stayed around. I guess I'm, I was lucky that music is a big enough place where, you know what I mean? I could find a different way in. And even, like, yeah. media media is a big enough place where it's like, okay, shit, well, you know, journalism is still media. You feel me? So it's like... I could still be in this lane without doing that exact thing. Um, but I think the reason why people don't pursue the dreams that they have, I guess when they're young or, you know, when they get informed about what they want to do is like people discourage them from doing it. You feel me? Because the shit like might not make enough money or they might, you know, people get pressured to be like doctors and lawyers and, you know what I'm saying? All kind of crazy shit. And, you know, which is cool. Like, you know, as a parent, you know, it's gotta be a weird place for you you know, your, if your kid wants to be like, um, I don't know, man, like, I don't know. I mean, kid, dude, in this day and age, if your kid wants to be like a YouTuber or a professional yeah. gamer or well, anything. That's, like, well, we've proven that you could get rich off that shit, even though it's still I hard. True. But I mean, yeah, yeah no, no parent, no parents still get, no parents like when fucking Lil Johnny is born, they don't want Lil Johnny like, yo, he's going to be a YouTuber one day. But I guess like, it, like say your kid was just like super passionate about, I don't know, like garbage for whatever reason, like being a garbage sure. man. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, like my kid, he wants to be a garbage man. He loves the process of, <laughs> truck yeah. coming every week and picking the bins up and shit like right like they would probably discourage their kid from being a garbage man like you feel me like i don't, I don't know if that's right good. and that's but, out of love like that's yeah. not trying to like squash dreams it's yeah. just like yeah but, but that's what little johnny wants to do you feel me and so like you know what's the cost of little Johnny going on to be like an attorney, you know what I mean? That he maybe never really wanted to become or whatever, you feel me? So, I, you know, the parents would probably just be, and I think I saw like Iman Shumper talking about this, you know, it's like if a kid shows interest in something, then like 
you go let them do it. You feel me? And you let them do it. And I think like studies show that like, you know, people that like their jobs more end up becoming more successful in their jobs. So like yes. Lil, Lil Johnny might fuck around and revolutionize the trash industry. Like you feel that's me? That's true. That's facts. Yeah. Like, like that's, I don't know. So I, I think that's, honestly, that's a sick example. Like taking yeah. something literally saying garbage, not taking YouTuber because that has been proven, but like yeah. taking garbage. It's like, yeah. From afar, if you don't like who would be like, yeah, I'm passionate about garbage. But if somebody yeah. is and it's yeah. so out there to nurture that, because like they might revolutionize something, they might come yeah. up with something that fixes a huge problem or like yeah. whatever that is. So I agree with yeah. you. So I think, yeah. So I think that's one thing that we should, I don't know. I think that's one thing we should kind of fix or, you know, reinforce like with our kids, with our generation. It's just like, yeah, if our kid shows like interest in that shit, like, I don't know, I guess you got to let them, you know, let them pursue it. You know what I mean? And, but, you know, I guess you can explain backup, backup plans to them, but like, whatever. Like, I don't even know if that, I don't even know if that's a a good idea either, but like, yeah. Fuck fuck backup plans. Explain the acai days. Yeah. (laughs) You might love this. Yeah. And if you really do, you're yeah. down to live off acai for an indefinite amount of time. Yeah, for sure. And if you're down for that, go chase it. Yeah, see it through. See it through. You know what I mean? Were your parents yeah. pretty supportive? Um, yeah. So like my my dad passed away when I was young, but like even before he passed away, like he was, I guess I I guess I'd never had a chance to really like know him well enough to ask these questions, but like as I get older, I start to realize that like we had internet in my house like pretty early, I think, compared to a lot of other people, like like late 90s. I think by like 97, 98, we had internet in the crib. And what I'm learning is that like oh. people didn't people maybe didn't have internet. Maybe it took people like a couple years still, you know, maybe just like two or three or something like that. But so that was because of my dad, you feel me? And just like having a computer in the crib. Um, you know what I mean? So it'd be little shit like that. And I remember, I'll never forget like. I don't even know. I don't even know how much. I guess my dad knew that my interest was music, and he was just like, "Yo, it was crazy." This is like two thousand two. He had tell me two thousand one. He was like, "Yo, what's crazy is like music software is gonna be like the future." Like you feel me? He used to be like, "Yo, music software is gonna be like the shit." He was like, "All this stuff that that we could do right now, like this is gonna be happening on computers," you know, and like. I, I mean, I, it's not that I ignored him, but, you know, I couldn't see the vision. You know, I was like fucking 10 or 11 years old or whatever. Yeah, but, like you were just like, that's dad talk. You're just like, okay, cool, dad. Yeah, I was like, oh, that, like, yeah, cool. I, but, I, you know, I couldn't comprehend what that meant. Like, I, you know, I didn't even know what fucking software meant at that time, you know. But he was just like, yeah, he was right. like, everything that people do, you're going to be able to do it on computers. And, you know, everything that you see. So I was like, yeah, that's kind of crazy. So in a way. What a dude. Yeah, you know, so in a way, he was like a bit of a, I don't know if a, even futurist is the word, but he was just like a little bit, you know, technologically advanced compared, you know, on average, at least. You know what I mean? Like, Right. So, and then him um, predisposing you to that is huge. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of being supportive, yeah, like. Like, I'll never forget, you know, like also just sitting me around music. Like we had hella music in the crib growing up and shit like that. And it, and it was never like pushed on me, but there was just like CDs everywhere, like CD cases everywhere. Fucking, you know what I mean? So it was all around me for if I wanted to choose it, it was there for me, whatever. So in uh, that way, you know, my dad was super supportive. And, you know, what my mom did, like my mom never discouraged me. She never, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't even so much support to the point where she kind of like, I feel like she trusted me to like figure it out. Like, you feel me? Like she never, she never once 
told me, you know, maybe you should do this or maybe you should do, you know what I'm saying? She kind of like let me take the dream and like run with it. You feel me? And I know like, fuck, that's cool. You know, and I know there's point like, you know, like Asahi days, you feel me? Like I was asking her for money and shit for rent. You feel me? Like, you know, it's like at that point I was, I was a grown man. You feel me? But I was just broke as fuck. You feel me? And, yeah. you know, asking her, asking to borrow bread and like, you know, getting fucking parking tickets sent to her house. She's like, yo, like, you know, what the fuck, bro? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know, but get, she was there for you. She helped yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, 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 for sure. You know what I'm saying? As much as she could. So like, it, yeah, you can talk about like that type of support. Like, yeah, like it's, you know what I'm saying? Um, That's you so can't awesome. Count. Yeah, so, um, but yeah. So, I think yeah, that's that also point. important. Like, yeah. that's so fucking cool. Like, cause yeah. again, like, it's just sick that like that was your dream and it wasn't like it wasn't pushed away from you, right? Like right. you had a dad that embraced the future and that gave you as much technology as possible. You had a mom that was there for you in the hardest times. You had an uncle yeah. that was teaching you good lessons. Like yeah. that setup, I think that's cool. And I, I really do wonder, like your strong character, a supportive family, finding that early and believing in that, like here you are now. But I think yeah. that there's a cool lesson there of like, thank God that all of those things lined up because you're doing yeah. what you're supposed to be doing. And it just makes me wonder how many people might not be if they yeah. didn't have that strong will and that determination. For sure. And it's just like, it's fucking cool. Yeah, it's just cool to see it come together. It's cool to see the story play out the right way, the way it should. For sure, for sure. And shout out to the streets too, you feel me? Shout out, <laughs> like, like for real. Like, you know what I mean? Just like invaluable lessons. Um, from just running around, you know what I mean? I think that's true as well. Like, yeah. I mean, you experienced college, but you also yeah. just experienced life. And if yeah. you don't have that life experience, what the yeah. fuck are you going to do? Yeah, should have smacked you in the mouth, you feel me? You know, <laughs> you're real. Yeah, I have three fake teeth from actually getting hit in the mouth. <laughs> really? Like intentionally? <laughs> I mean, some like just some random street fight. Oh, that's fire. Yeah, I guess it sucks, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sucks, but yeah, shit, lessons, bro, right? Like, yeah, I mean, Actually. I don't know, like, yeah, like, you know, I guess, like, being being gritty, right? You know, I've been be reading, like, a bunch of little bullshit Forbes articles, and they talk about, like, grit, and, you know, how much that shit can help you do whatever. It's like, I don't know, you can't, you can't just be, like, a, uh, can't just be, like, a puddle of dough, you know? Some people are naturally born, you know, just being tough and, like, knowing how to stand up for themselves and you know what I'm saying some people just have that naturally and shit. I didn't have that naturally. I had to like I had to get really? beat up. Yeah, I had to get beat up by kids and like I had to like, you know what I'm saying? Like and and do shit that I wasn't supposed to be doing. Like you feel me? And like be put in certain situations. Like, you know, so I I'm grateful for that too. That's why like <laughs> like you feel me? Like that yeah. is important. You know what I mean? It's Dude, yeah. Lesson. Yeah. I think about that as well. And like, I think LA is a great example because if you look at LA on paper, how the fuck are you supposed to survive and succeed? Everything's yeah. too expensive. There's not enough room for anything. There's yeah. a billion people that are the best in the world that are competing for what you're doing. Like, sure. what the fuck is this mess of like this challenge? It's expert yeah. mode on the fullest. Yeah, for sure. But if you get beat up and if you understand it and you kind of have to learn a finesse, you have to yeah. learn how to like yeah. break the right rules and like do exactly. things. Yeah. No, you're Dude. right. Ideally, you get beat up in your hometown before you move from like fucking... 
Pine Bluff, Arkansas to LA mm-hmm. to try to be a star. And if <laughs> that and if is you, ideal. And if you never got hit in the mouth before that, like LA, you know, any big city, any anything, you feel me? It's just like it'll just fuck you up. So, you know, hopefully you, you take your scratches and your bumps and bruises where you are beforehand. So you got a little bit of, you know, street smarts and you said like a little bit of finesse, you know what I mean? Just like, I don't have finesse, you feel me? But like, there's other lessons, you feel me? So hopefully, you know, hopefully you learn that shit at home. You know what I mean? Like that's, that that would be the advice. Yeah. it, It becomes that like tool belt, like all of those things, all those lessons, then you get put in the real life situations and you're like, For oh sure. shit, I can do this. So you're not like walking down Hollywood Boulevard one day and then some fucking super shady ass dude is like, hey, bro, you want to, who the fuck knows, make up $200 today? And you're like, yeah, I would love to make $200. He's like, all right, follow me. Blah blah God. blah. You got a you got a car? Yeah, I got a car. All right, cool. Take me to this spot. And you know, you you being some bullshit, you know. And Dude, so, like, you know, hopefully you learn those lessons. <laughs> yeah, you feel me? So it's like hopefully you kind of get those lessons and you know be able to suss out, you know, shady characters and weird folks um, yeah. before you before it happens on the on the on the main stage. You know, that's I fucking love that. I think we did the thing, dude. This was so fucking cool. Like, again, I kind of had a feeling. I was like, yeah, like, I think your story is rad. Like, you were good people when we met and hung out in person. But, like, I didn't know it ran this deep. And, like, just hearing all the full circle moments and all that is everything to me. Yeah, you probably have to cut some of this shit down at some point, you know. That's uh, fine. Get your podcast producer on, you know, just to make this shit a little more concise. But... Yeah, man. Hey, I would rather have extra good content than not enough. Always. 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 For, for sure, man. Um, where can everybody find you? Um, I'm on Instagram at Nick Nukem, N-I-C-K-N-U-K-E-M. And I'm on yep. Twitter at Nukem Nick, just because somebody got the fucking handle that I want. And Twitter. I don't I don't know if Twitter will, will give it to me. I don't know. But I don't know. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Dope. And then where can everyone hear the show? Yeah, listen to the plug radio, man. Um, on Apple Music, bro. You know, we re- release episodes every other week right now. You know, sometimes like we recently just did a, a strictly LA episode, you know what I mean, that you can find on demand. So it's like, you know, all of my favorite artists from the city and from, you know, pretty Southern Cal, IE. Um, so that's just living on on Apple Music, man. Check us out. I love it. I love it. Dude, thank you for your time. This was fucking cool. Yeah, this is dope, bro. This is super dope.